Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. So are you ready for the word? You sure? Okay. Well, we're going to talk about the power within you. That's what I want to talk about because we have power on the inside of us. And a lot of us don't recognize or realize how much power we really have because we don't use it. And we don't even know necessarily that we have it, some of us. And so what we have to do, I want to kind of start right back in the, at the beginning because God did not call, call us to live in defeat and failure, but he called us to live in victory. He called us to be overcomers. He called us to be able to conquer and to rule and reign in life. That's what God called us to. But God had a purpose when he made us. See, if you think you come to the Lord just to go to heaven, if that's the reason you gave your heart to the Lord, then you've missed the whole purpose. That's just a byproduct. I mean, it's a good one and it's important, but it's a byproduct because that's not the purpose of our salvation. Our purpose and the reason why God did what he did for us at the cross, the reason he did everything for us, was so something would happen inside of us because we were originally made in God's image, in his likeness. That means we were called to reflect God himself, to reveal God himself. You know, we're a representation of God. And as his children, when we surrender our hearts to Jesus and he comes and lives on the inside of us, we now have his spirit inside of us and he wants to demonstrate and show the world who he is through us. Now, unfortunately, a lot of the church doesn't give a good representation of God. And I'm not referring to you guys here. I know all of you do a great job. But, you know, I'm just talking about, um, you know, overall, sometimes we, we don't show the world what God's really like. And, you know, when man fell, obviously, you know, we fell from that reflection of God. And, but we didn't totally lose all the God-like characters in man. Because if we did, we'd all be dead. We would have all wiped each other out a long time ago. There's things inside of every human being that are God-like characters just because they were made in the image of God. And even though sin fell and got, you know, messed things up and, and caused a separation and a divide from us becoming and being everything God called us to be, doesn't mean that there's nothing there. Inside of every person, there's a need for God, a need for love, a need for purpose a need for certain things that God put inside of us. Now, God's grace, and we hear a lot of things about grace these days. God's grace had a, has a purpose. It has an intention. It has a reason that God gives us his grace. And some people teach that God's grace was there so that we don't have to do anything anymore and we can just live like the devil and it's okay because we're under God's grace. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. The grace of God came through Christ to accomplish in us what was lost in the fall. So in other words, we, were to, we are to be brought back to that place of what God's original intention for creating us for in the first place, which was to be like him. And so the grace of God is activated in us to do a work inside of us to bring us back to be like him and to uh, just reflect who he is. In, his, in the spirit realm, in our character, in our power, in authority, and everything that God has given us. Now, 
Colossians 1.15 talks about how Jesus was the visible image of the invisible God. And so God himself is not visible. You know, he's not appearing in a form that we can actually see and touch. But he is visible in all of those that he inhabits. But he can only be revealed to the degree of power and authority that we operate in. And I want to talk about why so many of us don't operate in that power of authority. But we have to first understand that the whole purpose of the authority God gives us and the power that he gives us to operate in that authority is for one major reason. And if we don't get this right, then it doesn't work in all the other areas. Now, his desire is for us to be like him. So the power and authority that he gives us to operate in is so that we can become more like him. What is he like? Well, he is holy, so he wants us to be holy. He is good, right? He is love, he is faithful, he's long-suffering, he's patient, you know, he's merciful, he's kind, he's unselfish, he's giving, he's all of these things. So these are the attributes that he possesses that we have the ability to possess, that we have the ability to be like. And we need to exercise the authority and the power of God in us to be like that, to be and possess the attributes that he has. Now, Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now, all glory to God, who is able. See, God is able. You may not be able, but God is able. Through his mighty power, at work within us. So God's power is in us, and it is working in us. His power is there. It's not, if you're a believer, his power is in you and it is working inside of you only to the degree you allow it. And we'll get into what that means in a minute. To accomplish, so the powers that work within us, to accomplish more than we might think or ask. So in other words, God, through his power residing on the inside of you, you have God's power operating on the inside of you. Everybody look to somebody and tell them, you have God's power operating at work on the inside of you. And he wants to accomplish, that means to, to do something infinitely more. What's infinite mean? Never ending. It's something beyond, something beyond what you can even imagine. And in fact, it even says that more than we might ask or think. Philippians 1.6 says, And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until he is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. So, you know, you may have your bad days, and you probably will, but just remember, he began the work, and he's going to finish the work. I mean, I, I claim that promise every day. You know, he began a work in me, he is going to finish that work in me. However, it's not about us just getting through. It's not about us just going, you know, from one thing to the other to the other and always feeling like we're failing or not, never really getting the true victory that is ours. Because the problem is we often focus on getting victory in the wrong places first. In other words, what God wants us to do, he... Let's read 2, Corinthians, or 2 Timothy 1, verse 7 first. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So God has given us his spirit, but his spirit is a spirit of what? Power, love, and self-discipline. So the spirit wants to accomplish these things in our lives. First of all, he wants us to have power and exercise that power. And then he wants us to have love. 
And he wants us to have self-discipline. So those are three things that the Holy Spirit is deposited inside of us. And God wants to activate our power and authority in those areas of our lives. And so this is really important because if we don't, that means God wants us to exercise our authority first over our flesh, our thoughts, our desires, motives, words, and actions. What does that mean? You know, we can read in Mark 11, 23, for example, if we just speak to the mountain to be removed. Sometimes we want to just speak to things to go. But God, I remember God telling me, in fact, God has done this to me a number of times, where he says, you know, you want to have authority over this, but you don't even have authority over this. In other words, uh, um, he'll tell, like, how many, for example, know you're not supposed to do something and you do it anyway? Probably everybody in the room. (laughs) And uh, so there's been times where I know I'll look at something and I'll, I'll know, oh, I'm not supposed to eat this. And I don't exercise authority over that. And I remember one time God says, you don't even have faith to believe you have authority over a piece of pie. We're all laughing, but uh, we all have things, right? That, um, you know, I went through this other thing, and again, God just dealt with me when I started preparing this message a couple weeks ago, and um, the Holy Spirit dealt with me about coffee, because he told me a long time ago to quit coffee, and I quit, and then I'd start and quit and start and quit and start, and then I heard his voice again, you don't even have authority over coffee. In fact, you're giving coffee more authority over you. Am I stepping on any toes here? And I'm not saying that he's telling you to give up coffee or he's telling you to give up pie or anything else. I'm just telling you what he tells me to do. And it's different for each of us. Some people can drink coffee and God won't tell them to quit, but God told me to quit. And I wasn't obeying him. And it's all about obedience. It's all about listening to God and hearing what does he want. Now, there's some obvious things. You know, certain things of eating, and that can be individual. You know, certain things that, uh, you know, maybe you can have certain things, and it's not a trigger for you, and it's not a problem for you. But um, there's other things. Like, for example, um, our thought life. You know, things we think about. When we allow thoughts in our heads, that begin to make us feel depressed or sad or, you know, like a failure or that we're not loved or begin to question God or begin to question other people or do things that we're not supposed to be doing or thinking about, we need to take authority over our thoughts. We've been given authority over our thoughts. We've been given authority to cast down imaginations and every high thing that comes up against the word of God. You know, it's the same with our time. You know, if I'm going to spend time doing something, I need to make sure the time I'm spending is time God wants me to spend on what I'm doing. And if I've taken something in my life and I put, you know, a lot of people, and I know I brought this out, out before, but sometimes we need to take authority over certain things that are on our phones, that are robbing us of time and robbing us and keeping us from doing things that God wants us to do. And so God wants us to exercise. Now, here's the key. If I go to a gym, I don't just go there and start by picking up 100 pounds. I'll probably never pick up 100 pounds. But, you know, you don't go and start picking up weight that is really the end of the goal, right? You start with what you can do at the time. And that might be two pounds, five pounds, 10 pounds, whatever, depending on who you are. And so you start with what you can do. And then you do that. And then you 
get to the next step and then you take on more and then you get to the next step and you take on more and so what you're doing is you're exercising something so our faith operates the same way where you have to exercise it where you're at if you can't exercise your faith and obey God in the simple things he's put in front of you to do then you're going to have a lot of trouble doing it when the big things come at you and this is so important that we understand this. See, if we don't believe in the power of our words, see, God spoke everything into existence. He spoke the world into existence. He said, let there be. And when he said, let there be, there was so much power in those words. Let there be light. You know, let there be water. Let there be, you know, whatever it was he was calling out. Everything he said, there was so much power in his words that it had to happen. And it had to happen because he had faith that it would happen. Because God is a God of faith. And he's called us as believers to operate in faith. See, we might say, why can't we see God? Why doesn't God just prove himself this way or that way? Because God wants us to live by faith. And he wants us to live by faith because that's how he is. That's how he lives. And he's given us authority. He's given us power. And you know what? If you're going to speak to a mountain to be removed, you better be, a, better be able to speak to something small that he's put in front of you that you, like, turn that off. Do you know what I'm saying? And if you can't do that, how are you going to move the mountain? Because you have, that's like going to the 100-pound weight when you haven't done the 5-pound weight yet. And so we're called to start where we're at. And uh, I remember one of my kids, I won't name which one, but it's the one that sings up here a lot. And uh, when she was younger, she had a really messy room. And, um, and she, it would get really bad, and I would have to go and, like, clean up your room, you know? And sometimes, you know, we see things and have things in our life and there's so much clutter and there's so much around us that we don't know where to begin and we're overwhelmed and we just want to step back and not do anything. And so I remember having to say to her, just pick up the socks. Just do the socks. So she'd get the socks picked up and then I'd say, now pick up, you know, the toys or now pick up, you know, the tops or whatever. I'd, I'd pick items and I'd say, pick this up and when you've done that, we'll go to the next step. And how many know when you do things like that, it, it gets done? But you start with one thing at a time. And so it's easy because our faith operates the same way. We need to look at the things in our lives. We need to make a list of the things in our lives that we need to take authority over, that we're struggling. If you're having struggle, struggling with your words and you're speaking words of death and not life, if you're struggling with gossip, if you're struggling with, you know, just speaking negativity, then you need to write that down. And you know what? I got to start taking authority over my words. I got to start taking authority over what, my thoughts. I got to start taking authority over, you know, the things that the ha bad habits that are in my life, the things that are, you know, robbing me of, of the God's best for me, whatever it is. You know, we, you, you know, your thoughts will say, I can't change, I can't quit, I can't do this, or I have every excuse in the book, and excuses are the, is the language of losers, and not saying you're a loser, but you just have to make sure you don't talk like a loser, because you're not a loser. And so you have to begin to take authority in those areas that are right in front of your nose, the things that you know you struggle with on a day-to-day -day basis. And as you get victory in those areas, you know, maybe you're afraid to tithe and you don't want to tithe because you think, I'm not going to have enough. Or, or you're afraid to obey God in an area where he's told you to give something away or do something. And, you know, when you step out and you obey God, see, power and authority operates by faith and obedience. You have to have faith and obedience first for it to operate. And as you grow in it, 
you will be able to do bigger and greater things. But you got to start where you're at. And so, you know, it doesn't matter where you're at in life. You just start where you're at. That's what God wants you to do. And so God, uh, 2 Peter 1 verse 3 to 6, it says, By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. So if God has given us everything we need to live a godly life, then that means that you have everything you need to live a godly life. And if you're not living a godly life, it's because you're not exercising what God has given you. You're not operating in it. And you're allowing yourself to be ripped off and robbed, and you're just accepting whatever thought comes into your head. You're just accepting whatever motive might try to get into your heart. You're just accepting whatever kind of life throws at you, and you're kind of letting it happen, and you're believing it, and you're acting like it's true when it's not true, and it's not what God has for you, and you have the ability. Jesus said without him, we could do nothing, but with him, we can do everything. And he has given us every tool, every way that we can walk as overcomers and we can be victorious. But we need, number one, to exercise these areas over our flesh and our thoughts, our desires, our motives, our words, and our actions. See, God says, delight in me and I will give you the desires of your heart. But the thing is, when you delight in him, that means you're obeying him. That means you're seeking him, that you're loving him. And your desires will change because you'll begin to hate those things that you once loved. And you'll love the things that he loves. See, you won't want to sin once you, once you love him and know him. The desire will change. But we need to draw near to him. And we need to seek him. And you need to exercise your authority to do that. Because it's as you do that that everything changes. See, it says in, uh, in 2 Peter, it says, We have received all this by coming to know him. The one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. I mean, God has promised us things. He has promised us things. You know, when I used to promise my kids something, a lot of times there would be a condition attached. Like, if you clean up your room, I promise that I will take you out for ice cream or whatever. The problem with us is we want to be taken out for the ice cream, but we don't want to do the condition. It doesn't work that way. It does not work that way. And so we have to be willing to listen to what God says so that we can get those promises activated in our lives because they're there. They're waiting for us. And then it says, these are the promises that enable or give you the ability to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. So in other words, the promises of God are not designed so that you can get rich. Not saying that you won't. Just saying that's not the purpose of them. The purpose is that you partake or become like his nature. Become like him. And when we become like him, automatically the blessings of God will overtake you. God will fulfill you. But we shouldn't be seeking that. We should be seeking him. We should be seeking to be like him. We should be exercising the power and the authority that God has given us to be like him and taking authority over those things in our lives. Yeah. 
that the enemy tries to throw at us. And it starts with the little things. Then it goes on and it says here, in view of all this, so in view of all that I just shared, it says, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. You know, some people think because we live in a very immoral society that it's impossible to live a moral life. That's a lie of the devil. And people that justify immorality are not endeavoring to live like God, and they are stripping themselves of the power and authority that God has for them. They're letting it go dormant. Because when you choose to live for God, God will give you the ability to live right. He will. And you won't want to live an immoral life. You'll see the curse that comes with it. You'll see that it limits you. It, it just causes you to be robbed of God's best and his blessings for your life. And it's not that God's mean and he's out to ruin any fun. He wants us to have the best. He doesn't want us to settle for less than what he has for us. So it says, uh, supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness. Notice all of those things. What do they all have to do with? Our character. All has to do with our character. All has to do with us overcoming and taking authority over our flesh and taking authority over our thoughts and our, our, our actions and, and just doing the things that he's called us to do. And then it says, the godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, the more power you're going to have, the more victory you're going to have. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted and blind, or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sin. In other words, they're missing the whole point. They're missing the point. And so we have to, you know, I don't know about you, I don't want to miss the point. And, and I don't think God wants any of us to miss the point. He wants us all to know him and all the things and all the blessings that he has for us. And so everything we do, God does for a reason. And we need to understand that everything God did for us was so that we could be like him. That's his goal. And that should be our goal. And it's so important that we understand that because whatever we do, if we're living for ourselves and we're living for this world, then we're going to miss the whole point. So how do we exercise this power and authority? When it comes to exercising it, we must first believe that there is a spirit realm. And we have to believe that that realm is more real than the natural realm. We have to believe it exists. And we need to attack the enemy and sin and evil by coming against it and using our authority, using the word of God, using the things God given us, given us and see the enemy as a robber, seeing these things that we so often go after and allow to continue on in our lives, seeing them as robbers, as thieves, just the same as if a thief actually broke into our house and tried to take from us. We need to see it. Ephesians 6, 12 says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. We're in a spiritual warfare. And if you just take whatever thought comes, take whatever comes at you, and just think, oh yeah, that's just the way it is, you're missing it. And Des and Kim and the drama team are going to demonstrate this. Surprise! Surprise! Surprise. Oh. Surprise. <laughs> oh, what, is, what is going on here? 
<laughs> we got wind. No, 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 no. I got wind. No, no, I didn't get wind. A birdie told. Yeah, birdie told me that you're celebrating a very, very special birthday today, oh, buddy. Wow. <laughs> yeah. We wanted to celebrate it with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks, Brad. I wanted to get you a really, really, really big gift. Okay. But money's a little bit tight, so I got you. Well, listen, I was at the unemployment office <laughs> thinking of you, big guy, and I thought of the greatest gift ever. Here you go. That's for you. That oh, is. Okay. Enjoy that. Yeah, you're going to have a lot of time on your hands what now. What so. in the world? Yep, unemployment. A pink <gasps> Happy birthday. Thank you. And in here, I got something really, really special for you. Okay. I picked it up when I was at the drugstore, picking up a little personal things for myself, like some toilet paper and um, some lettuce stuff. And my eyes caught these beauties, oh, and I immediately, I immediately, <clears throat> I, I immediately thought of you. <laughs> Happy birthday, buddy. You're kidding, right? Oh, no. I'm not even kidding one time. <laughs> they work just like a charm. <laughs> I was at the grocery store the other day, and I saw your wife. Oh, okay. Yeah, she wasn't looking very happy. Oh, not at all. No. As a matter of fact, she was complaining about you. Me? Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine? No. After all the effort you put into this new you image, she still has the nerve to complain. I mean, honestly, I don't think that woman would be satisfied with whatever you do. So while she was complaining and complaining and complaining before she could even finish, I knew exactly what you needed. Oh, you, you Here did. you go. Oh, okay. Gift. Speedy delivery. Uh, all right. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> a divorce? Congratulations! Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, she doesn't need you. Happy birthday, Jimmy. Honestly. <laughs> hey, Mrs. Jones, oh. down the road. Oh. Mm -mm. She's Woo! fine this fall season. Hey, it's my turn. Oh, Back off. You know, Des, when I heard it was your birthday, I was so depressed. Oh. Couldn't believe it. Sorry. I was in and out of hospital, and I knew I couldn't get to a real store to buy a really quality gift. Oh. But when I was laying in my hospital bed, <laughs> found this. I thought this was perfect. Yeah. Oh, but hey, well, you know, I, oh, I know this takes a little getting used to, but you know what? Everybody's got to have one of these. Ah, uh, aren't you crazy? I don't want that. Hey, hey. Did you see what he did? I don't want any of this stuff. Oh, Des, be oh. nice. Come hey, on now. We just wanted to celebrate this very special day with you. feelings are hurt. Well, I don't want it. Take it back. Oh, we can. Oh. I'm sorry. It's got your name all over. Happy birthday. Oh, no, it doesn't. Yours. It's all yours. Absolutely. Now stop. Pick them up. Uh, no. <laughs> he said no. He said no. He said no. No. You don't say no. Who do you no. think you are? 
Yeah, bucko. You have no right to refuse these gifts. No way. Mm -hmm. No right at all. I, I'm, I'm a child of the Most High God. <laughs> I, that one before. I'm, a, I'm a king's kid. The greater one lives on the inside of me. I, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I am more than a conqueror. I, I don't have to accept this stuff. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. So yeah, I have every right to refuse this stuff. So take back your addiction and, and take, back, take back your poverty and, and take back your sickness and disease. And you keep your hands off my marriage. Oh, yeah? In Jesus' name. Okay, well, since oh, you put it that way, I guess we'll just be going. Pick up that mess. Don't leave it here. Pick it up. Get it out of my house. Get out of here. You know, what we have to realize is we have authority, but we got to be using it. And we got to be using it over those little things in our lives that just rob us. The Bible says it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. And it's those things every day in our lives that we allow to conquer us rather than us conquering them. And as we exercise those things and take authority over those things and use the power within us to conquer the, the things that we're still struggling with in ourselves, in our flesh, and in our thoughts, and all of those motives and things that are wrong, then when we do that, then God strengthens us, and we get stronger and stronger and stronger, and then we're able to conquer the bigger things. And then we begin to operate more in the supernatural, more in the power of God, more in the authority of God. We begin to see more into the spirit realm. We begin to see what God wants to do, and we begin to be used more by God to change lives and God has given us everything we need to do this we are not powerless we are not hopeless we are able we are able and it's just the enemy that comes and lies to us and makes us believe that we cannot do it but that's a lie from the enemy and what you need to do is you need to make a list of things you want to conquer in yourself whether it's thoughts, habits, words, motives, make a list and conquer one at a time. And I'm going to tell you how to conquer them. The first thing you need to do is know that God is doing the work in you. You are not doing it yourself. He is there and he's doing the work. Know that he's there. Know this is not something you have to do by yourself. And he's already working. He's just waiting for you to jump on board. See, God's trying to work, but we get in his way when we start believing the lies. Then you need to pray in the spirit. Jude 1.20 says, but you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, when you pray in the spirit, that means praying in tongues, you are building yourself up. You are, pray, you are allowing the Holy Spirit to pray for you, for whatever it is you need. And if you don't know how to pray in the, in the Spirit, praying in tongues, we're going to have people up here that will pray with you at the end of the service so that you can do it. But you know what? The reason why we pray in tongues is because the Holy Spirit prays in an unknown language so we can't interfere with what's being said. And he's praying for you. 
When you pray in the spirit, one of the habits I like to do almost every morning is I walk around my house and I pray in tongues for 5, 10, 15 minutes because it starts to, because you know what, I may not feel like praying, I may not feel like reading the word, but if I walk around and I'm praying in the spirit, it begins to change me, change my heart, change my motives. You need to pray in the spirit whenever you're faced with temptation, pray in the spirit whenever you're faced with anything to do that, that would sabotage or, or cause you to feel defeated, pray in the Holy Spirit and ask God to help you because he's doing that when you pray in the spirit put on your armor the armor of God that's listed in Ephesians 6 the helmet of salvation the breastplate of righteousness your loins good about with truth your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace hold up the shield of faith and use the sword of the spirit which is the word of God which we need to use the word of God get the word on the inside of you notice that when they were doing the skit that Des had the word of God already on the inside of him he already knew what to say because he spent time in the word, and he began to use that word against the enemy. Guard what God has given you. 2 Timothy 1.14 says, Through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. Guard it. Guard what God has given you. That means watch over it, protect it. That means guard the word, guard your faith. Call on Jesus for help. Notice when he said, in Jesus' name. There's power in the name of Jesus. That name above every name. Because of Jesus and what he's done for you, you have the right to stand fast against the works of the devil. And we read this in Hebrews 2 this morning, verse 17 and 18. It says, therefore, it was necessary for him, Jesus, to be made in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. Since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he is able to help us when we are being tested. He gives you the power. He did it for you. Adjust your values and your motives. What does that mean? That means what are you pursuing? What is most important to you? Make sure they're in align with God's word. Philippians 3 verse 8 says, Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For, he, for his sake I have discarded everything else, counting it all garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count my own righteousness though through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. And I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. And I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or the other, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. you got to consider, you know, the, the next thing is, is focusing on the cross. You know, when Jesus went to the cross, he demonstrated total faith, total obedience. There was not one ounce of doubt and unbelief. Not one ounce of disobedience in him. And because he had faith, because he was obedient, because faith is demonstrated by obedience. That's how faith is demonstrated. You only have faith to the level you obey. And so Jesus, because he obeyed to the point of laying down his life at the cross and totally surrendering and trusting and committing everything to God the Father, that power that was released from that faith and obedience that he demonstrated had enough to destroy the works of the devil, 
destroy our sin, nailing it all to the cross, transferring us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God, had power to keep Satan under our feet, and ultimately he rose from the dead, conquering death, hell, and the grave. And as we walk in that type of faith and that type of obedience, those are the types of results we'll get in our lives. We need to use our mouth to speak over evil and take authority over the works of darkness. We need to speak to ourselves. We need to speak to our thoughts, speak to our mouths, speak to our habits, speak to the things in our lives, not people. You don't go and rebuke people. And, uh, but in the spirit realm, we need to work on ourselves. Don't work on your husband. Don't work on your wife. Work on yourself. Too, much, too often we're working on other people. And we're not using our authority over our own lives, our own hearts, our own motives, our own words. And that's what God wants us to do. Because we have power and authority. God has given us all power and all authority. But it only works as we exercise it over our own flesh and over the lies of the enemy that bombard our minds and cause us to believe lies or make excuses for sin. There is no excuse for sin, and Jesus said that. He said, I came that there would be no excuse. It's quiet in here. But we want faith, we want power, we want authority. Speak to the pie. Speak to the coffee. Speak to the phone. Speak to the TV. Speak to the addiction. Speak to the lies of the mind. Speak to the things that are robbing you of your proper priorities. Amen? Let's all stand up. Father, I just thank you for each and every person here. Lord God, that you want us and desire us more than we could ever imagine to walk victoriously, to walk as overcomers, to be all that you've called us to be. And so, Father, I pray that each one of us will just take inventory of our lives. Lord, that we'll look at every thought we continually mull over, every word that we speak out of our mouths that is negative and, and brings death instead of life, all the motives in our hearts, Lord God, that we're pursuing things rather than you and your heart, and every work of darkness, Lord God, every deed that we know deep inside that you want us to walk in freedom from, because you've already paid the price, you've already won the battle, you've already given us what we need so that we no longer have to be subject to the powers of darkness. Father God, God, you've already transferred us to, from darkness into light. You've already given us every promise, every need. So, Father, help us take one thing at a time as you lead us by your spirit to conquer and to rule and reign in life instead of being victims that we are the ones that just control the powers of darkness in our lives so that we can walk by faith and see your power. I thank you for each and every person in this room, Lord, that we would examine our hearts and begin to walk in the power and authority that you've given us to and to believe it in Jesus' name. Amen.